Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. to the 54th episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today, back from a short hiatus, Miss Phoenix AEW herself, the happiest person on Twitter, the most positive person on Twitter, Amy. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. It has been a great week. Yes, well, Amy, I'm going to start with the question. I asked it last week, but you are the positive spin queen. <laughs> what are you what are you doing? What positive things are you doing out of isolation to pass the time along? Oh, coronavirus quarantine. Well, uh, I have since become an interior decorator. We have redecorated just about every single room in our house. And that's been a really great way to pass the time and sort of make your space feel new. Um, I've also been bringing out science experiments to do with the kids, playing a ton of Animal Crossing, and uh, singing covers of Judas that are specific to the coronavirus quarantine. (laughs) What about you? I've been playing a lot of video games, working. I, I can honestly say I am very blessed that that part of my life... It's really unaffected. I I do work in IT, so I am able to work from home very easily. So it's like I know not a lot of people have that luxury. And to all of you, look out for yourself. Uh, You know, I guess something, I guess the stimulus check is coming. I just saw the news is actually on because it came on right after SmackDown. So I was like, oh, they got approved. So apparently help is coming. So uh, hopefully... But for me, it's video games and work and my wife getting used to looking at me because I I don't know. Most people don't know this. I do these. I do a podcast and then I work like 60 hours a week. That's how I'm able to do all the wrestling stuff that I do. So she's not used to seeing me this much. We're actually in the house and awake before this. 
about eight to ten hours a week. Oh wow! That that was it. That was the only time we were like in the house together, awake. You know, a lot of times it's sleeping. We were both working every night. A lot of our time together is sleeping. Well, quadruple that. So I am loud, naturally. You might hear that in the recording. I generally turn my mic down so it doesn't come through as much. But I am a very loud person, and we live in a one-bedroom apartment. So, yeah, peace and quiet is not something she gets a lot. I try to do my best when I'm working to be quiet, but yeah. I get, when I care about something, I excited about it. My voice raises about four octaves, and I, <laughs> it's been that way since I was five. Literally on my kindergarten paperwork, it says Floyd is loud. <laughs> my kindergarten paperwork says Amy talks too much. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I don't think anything's changed between us. Yes, my, my, as I say, my uh, my t- teacher wanted me to work on me not being so loud. He's like, your voice carries, which is just a nice way of saying you're really loud. <laughs> All right, but we're going to jump into it. Um, just let you know, just shorten it. Power Slam TV uh, brings you the show every week. Go to powerslam.tv. If you put in social suplex, you get the first month uh, free. Make sure you're supporting Power Slam TV. Also, you can download us on Google and Apple Podcasts, and make sure you're following all the eight, uh, all the all things elite affiliated Twitter accounts, which is at elite pod at social suplex at Phoenix AEW at all elite Tiffany on Twitter, and. I, I, you know, I'm just doing this because I heard about today and I'm actually excited. It seems like a, a, a show is coming back. What show? Your show, your podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, Miss Chetty. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, it's coming back. I saw it like two minutes ago as I was Aww. scrolling through, your, <laughs> scrolling through your name and I was like, oh, that is awesome. So I'm glad she's up to doing the show again. I'm very excited to hear what you got because you're going to change it because there's no New Japan Wrestling right now. So you're going to be talking about the independence and what pretty much whatever wrestling is happening. Right. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about, you know, AEW and and how they're covering the empty arena shows. And then uh, we wanted to take a look at how people are. Uh, sort of being the helpers in the wrestling community during this coronavirus sort of cancellation that's affecting so many people. And we wanted to highlight the companies that are doing something productive to help out the wrestlers and just sort of give them a bit of a spotlight while, uh, yeah, while we come back from our show. Jen's feeling great. She kicked cancer's ass because she's a badass. Congratulations, Jen. And, uh, yeah, we're really, really excited to get back in the hot seat for Dragon's Den. Super excited to hear it. I'm super excited to hear you looking forward. With my uh, tremendous amounts of free time, I've caught up on my podcast, like, like all the way, because, you know, I'm not used to looking at these walls. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. So I am looking forward to adding yours to the list. Because, oh, well, thank you so much. Yes. All right, um, I think we're pretty much about to turn it over to you, but just to explain the uh, big news of the week this week, Keeping It Strong Style, our sister show on the Social Suplex, 
uh, they don't have a lot of info. They don't have uh, topics because New Japan has been on a hiatus for a couple of months now. So they asked for topics to talk about. And I said, hey, let's throw out a little friendly challenge. Why don't your show, you fantasy book, the best New Japan AEW show that you can come up with. Then on our show, me and Amy are going to do the same. I knew it was an Amy week. So I was like, got our New Japan expert on here with me. And we're going to compare. We're going to put our shows out there today. And then... uh then we're going to put out a vote and let you vote on the best ones. I did not know what I was getting myself into because <laughs> Jeremy and Josh, I honestly say if, uh, if it was like they gave me a few months notice and they's like, Hey, this show's in New York or anywhere. I'm flying there to watch it. Cause they put on two pretty great shows, but I decided I realized I had to go at it from a different angle. So we're going to do that. So, we're going to kind of go through AEW Dark and Dynamite fairly quickly. It's pretty much the last half of the show, last 30 minutes of the show, are me and Amy going over our cards. We hope you look forward to it. I hope you enjoy it. hope you vote. Amy, I take us through the show whenever you're ready. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about that because, like, we all think about how great it would be for AEW and New Japan to work together. So this is going to be a lot of fun for us to uh, to book and go through. But first... Let's take a look at AEW Dark this week. This featured Jake Hager versus Joe Alonzo, Natural Nightmare and Matt Sell, actually versus Matt Sell and John Cruz with Skylar Moore, SCU versus Sean Spears and All Ego Robert Anthony with Tully Blanchard, Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford versus Suge D, Colt Cabana versus Brandon Cutler, Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela versus Corey Hollis and Mike Reed. Floyd, were there any standout matches from AEW Dark this week that you particularly enjoyed? Yeah, uh, on this week's show, I, I did like um, the Natural Nightmare match. CT and Dustin, you can see them starting to jail. They got a ways to go, I think, as far as the team, but you saw some combination moves that made them look good. It was good to see Skylar Moore again. We hadn't seen her since she did... Uh, she did a uh, like a dark match. What uh, it feels like a month or two ago, but and then um, and then uh, let's see, all ego Robert Anthony. He looks like he has a look, and his wrestling style was really good. And let me tell you, everyone that you expected to win on these nights: Jake Hager beat Alonzo, Natural Nightmares. Beat Matt Sale and John Cruz. Everybody expected to win. It was just, it was, it really did remind me of a WWF superstars from the eighties. Uh, the the only person I really want to talk about is Suge D or Sugar Dunkerton. He, him, and All Ego Robert Anthony both entered into the you know Sean Spears pick me thing. So they uh, picked me as a partner. So they played into that. Uh, Sugar, uh, his name's Sugar Duncan, and on Twitter you should follow him because he's pretty funny. And yeah, it was it was kind of cool seeing him wrestle against Kip Sabian. I like that they're going an extremely different way with Kip Sabian than they did before, because a lot of people weren't feeling him. But you know, now he's the kind of guy that hides behind his girlfriend, so he is that. That's the kind of character he's playing. So that's kind of cool, and he got a. He got the win in his match. Cole Cabana and Raina Cutler was kind of funny because, you know, Cole Cabana's been doing this forever. So 
he was talking all through the match. He actually kept it pretty lively. He kept complimenting Brandon Cutler, and that was, you know, pissing <laughs> Brandon Cutler off. Yes. Uh, I love Colt Cabana so much. I love how charismatic he is. He's so fun to watch. He's a really good wrestler, but he's so fun to watch. And I loved how there were so many moments where he would, like, put his aunt, his arms up like he was taunting and posing for the crowd. And he did this at one point, and then he was like, yay, me! And he kind of looked around and realized no one was there and turned it into an awkward slow clap. <laughs> it was just, it was hilarious. I love him. And I understand, uh, you know, the fun of wrestling. I'm all about wrestling being fun. Don't get me wrong. Not everything's for me. Big thing is, I don't like the Superman fan thing. The first night he did it with SCU, when he did the, uh, I forgot what it's called, like Welcome to Chicago or whatever, and he bounced the dude's body off the rope. Then they fell, and then he did the Superman pin. I was all about it. But the Superman pin as a finisher, I don't know. It just, it for me, my suspension of disbelief loses it there sometimes for me. I actually even believe Yano hitting you in the, hitting you in the balls and then pinning you. Because, yeah, you just got hit in the nuts. But just kind of that Superman pose, it's like, you know, it's one of those things you're never supposed to say these type of things when it comes to wrestling because you can say it about everything. But I always wonder, why not the dude just roll? Just go with the momentum and be out of the move. I don't know. It's, you're not supposed to do it. I know you're not supposed to do it in wrestling. You could pretty much do that with every wrestling move. It's like, oh, once he puts you in the head for the DDT, why don't you just drop down before he drops down on you? It's it's You can do that all day. It's just that move, I don't know, rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Do you That's have any? Fair. You... I love it. I love Colt Cabana like in every aspect though because he's so cheerful like yes. constantly. So, you know, because he's so cheerful, it's kind of like Orange Cassidy is so apathetic and Colt Cabana is so cheerful that like just whatever he wants to do, he's I love how he does the Superman pin and then he puts his his uh, chin on his hands and he kind of has this like grin on his face and he's got these twinkle toes going. <laughs> it just it cracks me up every time. So I love it, but I could totally see how it isn't for everybody. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I said, you're not supposed to say those type of things in wrestling because you can say it about everything. You know, it's like, ah, uh, it's like when people question like superhero movies, I'm like, so you questioned that thing, but you didn't question <laughs> the 12 things that happened before it. I get it. You're not supposed to do it. It's one of the moves that bothers me. Like I said, I didn't I didn't mind it when he did a move before he did that move, and that's just how he pins people. I'm okay with that. It was just like, that's the finisher. You know, that's what made it weird for me. Then we got to see Sonny Kiss, who we don't see a lot of, unfortunately. Uh, I wish they would uh, use Sonny Kiss more. Uh, tagging with Joey Janela, right? And I thought they, I don't know if they've tagged up before. But it didn't look like it. It just, it just. There's some Christmas that will come, but I am looking forward to what we'll see from the team, and that's my like quick AEW dark review. Because, you know, like <laughs> I said, everybody won that you thought was gonna win. No, it's like there was nothing. There were no five yeah, star not, classics. Like, surprises. <laughs> yeah, there were no five star classics. Every match just kind of did what it was supposed to do. The nice thing about AEW Dark for this week, though, was that because everything is so uncertain right now with coronavirus and because things are so locked down with the amount of people that you can have in a building, 
or, you know, just the wrestlers who are able or comfortable or willing to travel right now. Because of all of that uncertainty, this was a really great way to both showcase some indie talents and also give those indie talents work. And this was coming right off the heels of Braun Strowman saying, you know, that people were just bitching and complaining and whining for a handout. When the reality of it is that wrestling companies from independent organizations to big companies, even people in in WWE as well, are coming together to rally around the people who are dedicating their lives to wrestling who are out of work right now and struggling a lot because of it. So because of all of the uncertainties of travel and everything else, it was great to see indie wrestlers get a showcase like this on AEW, on AEW Dark. And also get a chance to shine and maybe work for AEW in the future. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, the way Tony put it was perfect. It's one of those things that the big corporation, big company uh, can do, big companies can do. And I can't say should do, but it'd be nice if they do it. I'm not going to spend anyone else's money. I always say that. So uh, it'd be nice if they would do it and help people out like this. The thing with Braun, I like Braun as a wrestler. My, he, 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 to me, spoke out of turn because does okay wrestlers they can't work right now, and he's like, okay, maybe you're not in the right profession. So are people that work at call centers, um, uh, people that cut hair, uh, hairdress, you know, hairdressers, all these other people that are being, you know, out of work because of this coronavirus. Should they all get new jobs too? Where does it end for him? That's all I ask. Yeah, it's fair, man. It's a difficult time for everybody. <laughs> that's so. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, yeah, don't don't be a dick. You had a choice yes. to whether to be a dick or not be a dick. You chose to be a dick. Have some damn empathy, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Absolutely. And yeah, so this this was a great way of of showcasing what that can do, and it's also been great seeing. Um, people like WWE, uh, Mustafa Ali, donating to shows that they were, uh, you know, going to go or, to or just, you know, supporting for the wrestlers. And <clears throat> pardon me, seeing other WWE wrestlers talk about, you know, buying merch from indie wrestlers. That's the thing is that this is a small world. There's not a whole lot of professional wrestlers in the world, big or small. And for the most part, they know where they came from. And, you know, with AEW, they're a new company, and a lot of these guys are were fresh off of the indies. So that memory of and of experience is very near and dear to them. So it's just, it was really nice to see this as a way of taking an unusual and unfortunate circumstance and making something bright out of it. Yeah, and as that, go, uh, if you can, if you have the income, if, if it's possible, go help pro wrestling tees and your favorite indie wrestler out. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. If you have an indie wrestler that you like, buy a shirt. But then at the end, they give you an opportunity to donate to help. Because uh, Chicago's on lockdown. So a lot of the people at Pro Wrestling Tees can't work. So if you want to uh, go ahead and throw a little donation on there to help them out, that'd be great. Pro Wrestling Tees, I can tell you, uh, just 100% changed my life. From when I, from the moment I found out it exists, the first time I met Cody was at a pro wrestling tease. Uh, I have since bought like somewhere between 
50 and 100 shirts from them. So, again, my wardrobe is mostly pro wrestling tees. So if you can support them, great. If you can't, you know, just keep, you know, supporting them the way they are. We're sending out retweets, whatever way you can. Yeah, man. Even just talking about some of your favorite indie wrestlers. Yes. That's a great way of getting some, them some exposure and just getting them on the radar for people's minds, you know? Never a bad bad thing to talk about those who are up and coming, especially in a situation where they might be struggling right now. Um, let's take a look at AEW Dynamite, the actual show. Now, this, again, we have an empty arena, except this time we only have nine people <laughs> Who are, you know, in production and wrestling, I believe, is what Cody said, that there were nine people in the building because of the restrictions of how many people were able to be in one place at a time. Um, They also had doctors that were taking the temperature of everybody before they went into the building. They had social distancing practices. They also had in their catering, they had things individually bagged. They had gloves, obviously showers available. So they had a lot of. Um, precautions that they were taking to ensure the safety of everyone at the show. That said, this episode of Dynamite really felt different than even the last one. The last one didn't even feel at points like the crowd wasn't there. It was so good and so hot and so on point that I could still hear everybody (laughs) in my mind shouting and screaming. This one was noticeably quieter And I think it was kind of charming because of that. I think we only had Tony Khan in the gorilla position all night. We had Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and Tony Schiavone on commentary. And because there was a lot more stillness and a lot more quiet parts, you could hear part of the production as the show was going on. And I thought that was really neat. Did you have any interesting observations about this show compared to the last Empty Arena show? It has. It had to change how I watch AEW. Because I'm working a lot of times when I'm watching AEW. So a lot of times, if it's a match, I'll watch the match and then I'll listen to it. You know, I'll just, the crowd reactions, blah, 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 and I'll listen to it and then I'll you know, something happens, I'll come back and see it, and then I'll watch it again later for the review. But when you're not hearing really any sound, you have to, like, pause it and see what's going on. So it's really changed how I watched it. Uh, as far as the production, yeah, I I can honestly say I've watched a lot of, a few empty arena sh- matches. Having those eight or nine people on each side of the ring really did help yeah it it, it did help I don't you know it helped and that's all I can say this one it scaled back I understand why they're doing it but it was just like and I do think they do need to scrap the whole wrestlers in a locker room cheering and all that stuff That was a tricky one because I missed the wrestlers in the crowd so much. And then when they cut to the wrestlers in the locker room, it felt so similar to WWE that I was taken back for a minute. But then I appreciated it because it's Jericho. It's Sean Spears. You know, like, it's still fun. But it it was certainly, like, if they didn't have that, I think that that would have made it 
lesser, in my opinion, because you need something to react to what's going on. I mean, you could still hear like the camera guy occasionally would be cheering when stuff was going nuts, like during the Sammy and Kenny match. You could hear like crew members cheering or kind of getting lost in themselves. I found that it was really nice having the locker room um, camera cuts when they would cut to them in the locker room just to get that variety and sort of interaction in the show. Yeah, and like I said, it is um it was it was interesting. I'm going to say they're doing the best that they can. I hope this isn't I know for the next few months it might be. I hope this is not the norm for any longer than that as far as professional <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it's 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 going to be very interesting to see what normal looks like. And how long this extends. Because I honestly, and I guess, you know, before we get into the card, um, which will bring a higher point to this conversation. But I honestly think that we might be finding ourselves in a situation where we're not even really able to see shows. Unless, you know, segments of them are pre-taped. Or maybe they start incorporating promos and storyline build and having more of that enwrapped in the show. Because we just don't know with the travel restrictions, with the closures, with how things have been ramping up. Like we have no idea what's, what things are going to be looking like. So I'm kind of in a situation where even though I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh man, I miss having the wrestlers in the audience or, you know, wow, it's really quiet this time. I'm just grateful that we have it at all for as long as we do, because I don't know when or if that's going to end for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, that plug can get pulled any day by the governor of Florida. And, you know, I don't know how much they've recorded ahead of time, but, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that I'm for full lockdown right now. Just like, let's do it for 14 yep. days. Why wait until August or wait until it gets worse? Why don't we stop right now? That's a, a completely personal Floyd opinion. I just, but I'm always like, make the hard decision before you have to, you know, you know what I mean. Make just the rip hard, the band Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> make the hard decision in May, not in July. You know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. Just do it now. Yes. And then everybody stay home, like all across the country. Everybody do it at the same time. I'll stay home. Yes. <laughs> everybody go through the situation and then see where we're at when we come out the other side. My, my concern is this, and and I know no one even thinks this far ahead, but I do. It is March, right? Temperatures are fairly moderate right now, right? So people that don't have a lot of money, can't afford heating in there, it's not that heat stroke season. You don't want to do this in the middle of June. Oh, gosh, yeah. No, like, seriously. Do it now. <laughs> do yep. it now while temperatures are still fairly moderate and people that have lower incomes that can't afford you know, heating, central heat and air can make it through it as opposed to June. It's, you, you, live, you, you, uh, you live in a part of the country where it's hot as hell. It, yeah. Literally. Yes. Yeah, it turns into an <laughs> oven in the summer. About actually around May, once we get to Memorial Day, we're already over 100 degree temperatures. And then by the time we get into June, July, and August, we are regularly at 109. And then occasionally at 115, sometimes higher. Like, it's dangerous. Yes. For sure. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Do it now. <laughs> do it now. Do I mean do it 
<sighs> in the next short period of time so people don't have to worry about that. I've been broke where I didn't have central heat and air in my life. Don't get me wrong. So <laughs> I, that's that's what, that's why it's in my head. Yeah. That's why it's a thought that someone might not have. It's just like, yeah, it, it, you know, we're kind of victims to that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that was really depressing. Let's let's lift ourselves <laughs> up. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, I knew we were going to have to go down a little bit before we go back up. Let's bring it back up. Yeah. Let's talk about dynamite. Yes. All right. So we start things off. We've got Kenny and Cody on commentary. We've got Tony Schiavone with them. And then Cody's got to leave because he's got the first match with Jimmy Havoc. This was awesome because I was looking forward to seeing Jimmy Havoc get the Cody bump. You know, because everyone who's had a match against Cody gets the Cody rub. But again, there's a big part of the Cody rub, which is the crowd. So this was a great match. I enjoyed it. It was really fun. Um, it was really fun to see Jimmy Havoc in this position. It, it didn't feel like the Cody Rub match that I knew it would have been if we had the crowd there, but that's okay. I hope that we get to see them again. This was an enjoyable match as it was so far. Although I have to say my favorite part was when Cody had to take the weight belt off. <laughs> and he threw it, and then Brandy caught it, and they got really excited. <laughs> she yes, caught the belt. yes, yes. <laughs> What were your thoughts on this? Uh, it's great. Uh, Brandy, uh, it was funny. Uh, Brandy, uh, you know, announces him to the ring. And he's like, is this the first time a wife, you know, you know, announced her husband to the ring? And, of course, not because I think she did it in WWE. But uh, the big the big part of it was uh, when he, uh, I think Kenny Omega yelled, uh, he's like, I think the fix is in, you know, because, you know, he was kissing Brandy or whatever. And I thought that was pretty funny. I thought Kenny Omega is very awkward on commentary. And <laughs> you can yeah. tell he's a person that does not like to talk. Yeah, he sounded or felt like if I – if not not if I were to try to do it. But kind of. Like I could relate to it. Like if I were to try to do commentary, I feel like Kenny Omega is the closest to what a normal person would sound like yes. trying to do commentary. Now, yeah. he was great. It was cool because you got to get sort of, you know, background information and just, like, hear his thoughts on, like, the technical parts of it a bit. It was really neat in that aspect. But it definitely was like, all right, man. <laughs> you're, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be a commentary today. All right, let's do it. <laughs> That's what it seemed like happened. It was like, hey, um, JR, and, uh, JR and Tony aren't making uh, – I mean, JR and, you know – uh, Taz aren't making the trip. Uh, we need somebody on commentary. Cody's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And then Kenny, and he's like, but we need someone out there when Cody's actually wrestling. Well, Brandy's, who probably would have filled in pretty nicely, she's doing the announcing. Kenny's like, well, shit, I'm my EVP. I'll do it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just did the best he could. Everyone was pulling double duty that night, man. It was crazy. Which is awesome. This is so, so awesome. It's it's the feel, and hopefully in ten years, ten years from now, you know they'll be all super corporate and everything and successful. But right now, it's just what's endearing about AEW. It is the, even though it is being ran by you know billionaires. Don't get me wrong, but there's still a homegrown DIY aspect to the show. Oh, that, totally. That makes you like the fact that everyone has to do everything. And it's just, 
You know, that's pretty cool. I actually felt that a little bit when I watched SmackDown and you had Triple H on commentary saying he had to run to the back. Then he was doing the camera and then he was on commentary again. It was just like tough times. You know, you got to you got to adjust. Yep, absolutely. Um, well, they did it. They did a great job. The match was great. They did the commentary for it. They got through it. It was it was fun. It was fun in how different it was. It was fun in how endearing it was. And like you said, I mean. It is sort of a DIY aspect. This is totally uncharted territory for everyone. So to see how they're doing it is really interesting. Yeah. And um, Cody and Havoc put on a really solid match. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. It's like, like I said, it's a part of Cody's gimmick to play to the crowd. He didn't really have that. So you can tell something was a little bit missing, but it was a good match. It was fun, absolutely. Um, the next match, though, we had Darby Allen and Kip Sabian. This one, for me, was a lot of fun. I mean, first, you get really good music with Darby Allen, and then having just heard Jimmy Havoc and his music and Cody's music, like, this was a great night for entrance themes. <laughs> but um, this was neat, because as they mentioned on commentary, we also had... Darby and Kip being sort of the freshmen of AEW, these are two guys who are going to be homegrown stars of AEW. Obviously, they had a career on the indies. Obviously, they are well-loved within that. But for so many of us, they are new to us through AEW, and they're growing. We're growing with them as we watch them. So this was a really fun, I think, well-paced and evenly-paced match between the two of them. I had a blast watching it, and I loved that Darby came out on top on this one and that we still got to see some interaction with Penelope on it, too. Yes, uh, I thought Darby is, especially the opening, you know, like, vignette where he hates the inner circle, that is good, that is continuing that storyline. I love that. Then, uh, Then the match itself is a match you'll probably see from years, uh, uh, four years to go yeah, from now, and that's going to be great. I think Darby is uh, I think Darby is the star. Um, Jim Ross said it before, and I, don't, I feel like he stole it from me because I said it was like Sting and Jeff Hardy had a baby, and that's Darby Allen. And Jim Ross said it on his show this week, which is really <laughs> uh, awesome. And then, because, you know, he's been in, this for longer than I've been alive. So the fact that we're on the same wavelength, that works. And then uh, Kip is one of those people. I don't think he's the knows who he is yet. And they gave him, uh, now with him and Penelope working together, it's going to give him a personality. The thing about it is I do think because he's British, a lot of things more he does is a lot more subtle. And that does not come through on American wrestling. Yeah, but I, you know, I think that the more that we see him, the more we get to know him and sort of rally behind him. Because he's you know? now, yeah, and and that's what I was saying. He's now playing a character. Like before, we didn't know what his character was. Like a lot of people didn't know what his character was. Now he's playing a character that we are familiar with and we know to hate. <laughs> this is true. Like before, you didn't know whether to love him or to hate him. 
Yeah, he was no, re- absolutely. He was kind of cocky, kind of, uh-huh. but he had a whole bunch of Harry Potter re- references. So I was like, well, I, I, you're kind of cocky. I don't like that. But Harry Potter references, I love that. You know, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, you didn't know which one, you didn't know what to go. And that's the worst thing to be in wrestling where you just kind of feel neutral about someone. Make yeah. me hate you, make me love you, but make me do something. And then now he's playing this kind of sniveling boyfriend type thing. Then he's still making the Harry Potter references, love the move, the time turner. And it, it just seems like his character is coming together now. Absolutely. Well, and it's fun to watch. I I actually really enjoy watching him come out now because, like you said, you kind of get a feel for who he is as a character. And so, you know, when he comes out, you're like, all right, cool. Especially with the dynamic duo that he's got. Yeah. My favorite thing about this match, though, like complete favorite thing is that this match, even though it may quietly, you know, in the um, in the realm of history with AEW with as many explosive matches as we have. Even though it may fade into the background of that, this is going to be one of those matches that we are going to call back to in a year or two. Because, as you said earlier, Darby Allen said that Kip Sabian was going to be the sacrifice for the inner circle. He finished this match with a move called The Last Supper. As we know, he had a match with Jericho that he lost in, but really got him over after he had already gotten over with his match with Cody. And I think we're going to end up seeing Darby Allen and Chris Jericho meeting again. And we are going to see Darby Allen taking the Last Supper directly to Judas. Sorry about that. Messed up with my meat, but I completely agree. Uh, Darby Allen is, you know, again, he's the Sting. Jericho's the Flair. You know, I remember Sting lost to Flair so many times by DQ, by all these, you know, different ways that the veteran got over on the uh, the young up-and-coming babyface. But when Sting finally beat flair it was just like this moment you know he rolled him up and got the pin i think we're gonna get that someday with darby allen i don't know how quick that's gonna happen but it it it, you can see it building and you can see the excitement and uh the anticipation coming on oh it's gonna be awesome uh so then next up we have jake hager he beats chico adams okay done um (laughs) But then we also have uh, Moxley comes out and then he does the paradigm shift on Jake Hager, which is awesome. But then Jake Hager just kind of gets up and then he goes for an ankle lock and they, you know, sort of set up for Jake Hager versus John Moxley, which I think is going to be pretty dope to see. And Moxley better win because I swear to God. This is the show with the proclivity for positivity, but I am going to go on a 30-minute effing rant if Jake Hager takes the title off of John freaking Moxley. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I need to correct you on his name. His name is Oklahoma's own Jake Hager. Thank you. Uh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have no problem with him being champion because representing my state – but I can say this, I love proclivity for positivity. So you will see that we skip over his matches and don't say much about him. He is <laughs> the most boring wrestler I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yep. 
He does nothing for me. I saw him wrestle in a, a bar in Gainesville, Texas, and it was the same thing you would see anywhere else. And I, I mean, I love Jake. I think he has this look, and what they've done with him in AEW as far as the quiet assassin, he is not a person I want to see wrestle a 30-minute match. Never. Not ever. I, I just, it just does nothing for me. Yeah. Well, you know, so they set up the storyline, and they put a guy to sleep. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, because, right. you know, every guy get, And I like that. I really do say I like that. Mox is picking his challenger. He's not being the face champion that waits for somebody to come get him. Come get him. He's like, I don't like you. I'm going to fight you. Yeah, well, and he's also taking on intimidating yeah. opponents. You know, yeah. Jake Hager is so far undefeated, and he's been talked up a lot with his ruthless aggression, um, with his mixed martial arts background. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see that Moxley is like, not only am I not going to wait for somebody to challenge me, but I am going to seek out the ones that are the most rough opponents to go up against in the inner circle. Yeah, definitely. He He's like, that's the big hurt. That's the enforcer. That's the person that is going to block him from, you know, beating up everyone else. So he, I'm going to get rid of you first. Yep, absolutely. Well, in the next step, we had the match where so both of these matches we had jake hager showing you know that he's a strong guy okay great that he's a rough guy all right got it got it you know mma ufc got it <laughs> next one is also a chance to showcase the strength of someone and that is the exalted one brody lee making his in-ring debut with aew against qt marshall now we all knew how this match was going to go. Obviously, you're not going to have the Exalted One lose their first match, and certainly not against QT Marshall. But I still really enjoyed this. I enjoyed the power that we got to see from Brody Lee. I enjoyed that he felt like a huge, dominant, imposing presence. And I also really enjoyed that we got to see some of how he's fitting in with the Dark Order through their video packages. Yes, so a few things about uh, Brody Lee. First of all, if this week, if you have time, or if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, Chris Jerick, he's on the Chris Jericho podcast. I listened to it today. Very informative. I never heard him just being himself, and it was a very f informative, fun talk. He's a very well-spoken dude. It's just kind of, It's just kind of cool. Uh, second of all, the vignette. Uh, yeah, AEW's catching some heat on this this week, Amy. Uh, he he. you! Oh, I'm so sorry, Floyd. Uh, yes. Sneeze. Why oh would you do something like that? How, how could you sneeze? I'm so sorry, Floyd. I'll never do it again. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mr. Brody Lee seemed to be doing a parody of Vince McMahon. Uh, that is one of. The more common things that people always, like, you've heard from different wrestlers, one of the weird things about Vince McMahon is that he does not like people to sneeze or to allow himself to sneeze. He thinks you should be able to control it, which is interesting. <laughs> it's 
yeah of yeah. course yeah. of course you should be able to control that you know yes. any bodily function yes you should be able to control it i don't know how that works but that was funny and he was eating a big steak i don't know if he had the ketchup because vince mcmahon eats ketchup on his steak <sighs> you know people are entitled to do their own things and that's fine Normally, I would follow this up with I won't judge, but I am judging the hell out of everyone who eats steak with ketchup. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're still good people, but, like, that's that's whack, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, um, I grew up in a house where my dad uh, liked his food well done. I didn't even like, didn't even know how to eat steak until I was older. So to mess the burnt steak that I had to eat most of my life, I used ketchup on steak. You know what? I did that when I was a kid for the same exact reason. Yes. So as I yep. got older and got to pick how my steak came, and it came medium, and it came marinated with the au jus, I very rarely even use steak sauce. I'm just Me like, either. yeah, I just like the flavor of the meat. So I don't never going to tell anybody how to eat their food. However Aww. you consume your food is how you consume your food. But this was a hilarious parody. <laughs> it was great. Yes, it this was, was a hilarious parody. And how upset it got uh, fans of the WWE was even funnier to me. Um, well, yeah. So I, I, I got I to, gotta, I guess, take a caveat here, which is that I got super annoyed about, not super annoyed, I didn't like get really offended, but... I was like, I see you NXT and Chelsea Green with your, you know, manager dorky sidekick that looks exactly like Tony Khan. And I hear you WWE fans when you go, that's not supposed to be Tony Khan, even though it looks exactly like him. He's got the same glasses. He's got the same hair. He dresses exactly like him. Totally different character. Right. Sure, buddy. Okay, Jan. Wow. I, 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 I never put... <laughs> you just all blew my mind. I've never even put two and two together. Well, I got to eat my words now, though, because Brody Lee is pulling Vince McMahon, and I thought that was hilarious. So I guess at this point, I got to be like, all right, each of our teams, we can poke fun at the other, and that's the, fine. And that's the whole thing. <laughs> this is a part of the wrestling thing. I mean, there have been so many characters WWE has created to make fun of other people. So it's just like, what's good? For the goose is good for the gander. I I sound like I'm 60 years old because you know, <laughs> who uses that statement anymore? Right there, Sonny. <laughs> yes, who uses that statement? Like as I was saying it, I was like, "Damn, get I'm off old. my lawn and stop yes, your damn yes, season." <laughs> yes. All right. I feel like uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> Badass. Yes. All right. But uh, QT. QT did his thing, you know, Brody Lee was going to go over. That was the thing. I do like that he starts in the super uh, sister Abigail hold and then throws him up and then does his lariat. It's a playback to when he was a part of the Wyatt family. I, I love it all because, you know, the one thing I do love is when they acknowledge, they get to they acknowledge, you know, yes. people's past. Absolutely. Just like when Kenny does the Kamigoye, like acknowledging where they came from. That they didn't just exist out of a vacuum all of a sudden in your company. Like, they have a rich and layered, deep history. And I think that's great to acknowledge. Absolutely. Um, what was the next? Oh, the match of the, the night. Yeah, the next one was such an awesome match.
match, we had the Triple A Mega Championship, which I like to call the Triple A Omega Championship, obviously. <laughs> and this was Kenny Omega versus Sammy Guevara. This, to me, was already going to be exciting because I've seen both of them in AAA, and they are both spectacular in that environment. So to have them fighting for AAA's championship with this, you know, crazy lucha style and an atmosphere that's sort of a part of that championship for me was already great. But they put on a clinic. This was awesome. This was a crazy good match that will stand out and will stand the test of time, I think, as one of Sammy's best matches in AEW so far. And, of course, he got to have it with none other than Kenny Omega. This this was freaking awesome. Yeah, um, I, I just it's one of those matches that I do think if there was a crowd, more people would have been talking about because they would have been on their feet this whole match. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Sammy Guevara is pretty freaking amazing. When it comes to the graps, and he is—he's one of the pillars of what you're building the company on. I, I, I him, Darby, him, Darby Allen, uh, I would say are the, like the two biggest pieces of what the future is, other than the Hangman. So I just like him. He keep coming out against these big wrestlers, having amazing matches. It's just going to continue to build up his uh, following. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, we got to see some of the high flying maneuvers from Sammy Guevara. We got to see a bit of the brutality as he was viciously attacking Kenny Omega's injured right hand. And we also got one of AEW's most memeable moments out of this match, which is that Sammy Guevara had cartoon drawn caricatures of various people sitting in the chairs and he picks up Brandy Rhodes picture and starts like making out with her and it cuts to brandy rose and she's just like ew what the fuck dude and that face that she made oh my god was absolutely hilarious and then immediately started taking off on twitter being used in all sorts of situations to sort of signal your disgust or you know questioning what in the world someone is doing in this moment it was fantastic yes uh it is a somebody gotta tell people that's that's not what's up that's not nice then he had uh he 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 took a shot at cody because he put his captain from star trek and it was chris pine it was the new star trek you know the new one and you know that was a shot at cody because you know Cody's That's are, where that came from. Uh, I was trying to figure out know, why he was talking about yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Cody's a Picard guy all the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of funny that uh, he took that shot at him and then had his wife in, in the, you know, a picture of his wife. So he took two shots at Cody. Uh, so that's kind of, uh, I thought that was kind of awesome. Maybe we get another Sammy G. Cody match soon. Uh, but yeah, uh, just, he's amazing. He, I, I like, you run out of adjectives for Sammy and then Kenny's Kenny, you know, like the way <laughs> it was, just Kenny. It's yeah, the amazing. way it was definitive <laughs> and he rolled him, kid him with the knee. It's like, dude, yeah. Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So of course Kenny wins, yeah. but it was still a great match and Kenny is the reigning triple A Omega champion. Um, and then we get, Chris Jericho coming out 
And as Chris Jericho comes out, we get his music hitting, and we have TNT's Worldwide Crowd Challenge, the Judas Challenge, where we have tons of people on Twitter sending in videos of them singing along to Fozzie's Judas, and myself, and Tiffany, and Jackie, and so many countless people participated in this, so you knew when Jericho's music hit that the crowd was singing all around the world, and that was a wonderful thing. And he comes out and then cuts a promo on a freaking drone. (laughs) It was so hilarious. He is asking Vanguard 1 to join the inner circle, and then Vanguard 1 declines by flying away, and my favorite moment ever is, you get back here, you son of a bitch! (laughs) From Chris Jericho. It's my favorite thing. I like. I'm still cracking up about this. Yes, um, Jericho. I, I'm. I'm going to say this. He's the only one in wrestling that can pull that off right now. <laughs> yes. I, and I mean that. And it's like, as much as I'm a fan of other people, and I think Cody can do no wrong. Jericho's the only person that can pull that off. That was a Absolutely. uniquely Jericho thing to cut a promo on an inanimate object. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's so good. Well, and he has since been doing this on Instagram as well, where he uh, he cut a promo on his Roomba. <laughs> so it's been fun. I, I'm curious to see what other inanimate objects Jericho will cut a promo on. Um, in any case, after this, Matt Hardy finally appears. We have the beautiful music from Rebby Hardy, with Mikey Russ's guitar. And uh, then we get this really cool teleportation thing. Like, I was totally blown away by this. I've seen tons of teleportation things, you know, with wrestling, where they cut the lights and then suddenly, bam, there's somebody in a new place. The craziest thing about this was that they did the sort of red uh, screen to kind of cut the first one. And then they kept the camera rolling while he's flying around through the ring. And I know there's camera tricks. I get that. But, like, first of all, Tony Khan was the only person in gorilla position that night. So massive props to him for pulling that off. Second of all, that said, I refuse (laughs) to acknowledge that that was a trick of cinematography that was Matt Hardy flying around that arena. And it was freaking awesome. It was, and I love that Matt Hardy called it magic. He yes. said, "I am magic." You know, people try to get away from that word. No, it's magic. He is magical. Yep. Boom. Absolutely. Part of character. Damascus broke Matt Hardy, and now he's magical. I love it. I personally love this segment and the whole thing. I've heard a lot of people that were turned off by this segment. And to, uh, I must say, to each their own, you are all welcome to your opinion. And not everything in wrestling is going to be for everybody. That's all I got to say about it. Uh, but I was thoroughly entertained by the end of this. And it's funny because I, I, uh, I saw some people saying that this wasn't, you know, taken well. But everything I saw was very positive on it. I don't know. You see a lot more of Twitter than I do. I try to be active, but not as active as you and Miss Tiffany. So what did you see? What was your overall experience with the reaction for this? It was definitely a mixed bag. But at the same time, like, 
I thought this was cool as hell. You have you have Matt Hardy being an absurd Shakespearean character. Like he's a playwright in this ring right now. And I found myself at one point during this just like I burst out laughing because it was so absurd and so ridiculous. And maybe that's the thing that turned people away from it. But I found it really cool in just how crazy this was. Because you have two of these incredibly creative, legendary, reinventing, like, masterpieces of wrestling in the ring together. You have Jericho, who just literally cut a promo on a drone, and it was freaking awesome. And you have Matt Hardy, who is this... 3000 year old Shakespearean magical character and they're both trying to communicate to each other and it it felt like Chris Jericho was trying to (laughs) reason with like a crazy person but that crazy person was also really effective (laughs) I just I really just enjoyed it I enjoyed the absurdity of it I enjoyed the pomp and circumstance of it where even it was just two people Showing what they could do best. I got to give a shout out to Jackie. She said it best. It was like an adult trying to have a a, a conversation with a child. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she she exactly. said it best. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that was the perfect to be <laughs> description of it. It was like me trying to explain something very difficult to a child. It was so good. And Chris Jericho is like, I am the, you know, I get reinvention. I've reinvented myself a million times. You're still Matt Hardy. And he's like, I'm Damascus. I am 3,000 years old. You are a hole of the ass. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, it was, it was so good. It was so good. I actually want to rewatch it after we get done with this. And again, I understand that it was so out of left field that people would be like, what the hell is going on right now? But to me, part of the what the hell is going on right now was actually its charm. I yes. loved it. Yes, and and, and 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 I can, the one thing I did here that I can give some kind of credence to is that what AEW has presented, this is different than that, but... So I is mean, Matt Hardy. So is Matt Hardy. I mean, it's just like, just enjoy it if you do. I don't know what to tell you if you don't. I mean, I I want the company to grow, but I don't want it to grow at the cost of its soul. I don't want it yes. to grow at the cost of it being what the intent was, which is it being original and it giving the wrestlers a chance to create and do their thing. If if if, if we just become another, you know, you know, focus group. No, people don't like this. Let's, you know, do this and stick to this straight script. It's not going to be something I like anymore. Absolutely. I completely agree. And it has its soul. It has its creativity. It has its ingenuity. But most of all, it has its spirit of listening to its talent and letting them do what they do best. And it may be totally different. But it's also going to be totally different because there's not a lot of opportunities where people really get to shine with their individual selves and have this great melting pot of story. Now, they may end up tweaking things or working together or sort of not tweaking it, but maybe refining it and smoothing out the edges. Or they may not. They may just let Matt Hardy be Matt freaking Hardy because 
he's Matt Hardy. <laughs> like, yes. Let and, him do his thing. And that's what I want. I want full Matt yep. Hardy. Me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of promos real quick, though, we got to talk about this because I forgot about it as we were moving through the card, which was at the end of Cody and Havoc at the beginning of the show. We had a promo vignette with Jake the Snake Roberts about Lance Archer. And once again, this furthered that feud between Lance and Cody. But I think even further than that, it, it furthered a feud between Jake the Snake and Cody's lineage I'm not very well versed in this um I know I think it's lordsofpain.net had an article that went through the backstory of Jake the Snake Dusty Rhodes um and that whole era which I'm going to have to read because I feel like Jake's promos on Cody are filled with these subtle but very powerful nuanced digs at him at his lineage at sort of the crown that he wears as caesar you know for aew what are your thoughts on jake the snake lance archer cody rhodes do you have any insights or thoughts on that my first point will come from everything aew another show uh, everything elite uh, which is on the voice of the wrestling i, I love their uh, podcast i listen to it every week they said jake no, Jake knows how to get himself over. He's never been in the managerial role, and his promos are more about him than they are about Lance Archer. Lance Archer comes off more as a a tool for Jake Roberts' uh, revenge or uh, him taking. They they said they were. The big thing is he has he considers himself one of the greatest minds in wrestling history. And they were looking for elite talent, and he said that he never got a phone call. So this is coming from a slight, and he doesn't feel like his dad, Dusty, respected Jake. And Arn Anderson gets more love than Jake. And that's what he's saying. Everything that has to do with Cody, everything he surrounds himself with, kind of like they should be paying respects to who Jake is. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And honestly, if they do have Lance Archer as the murder hawk to ha- you know, be the dangerous tool, because we've seen the Butcher and the Blade be hired guns, but we've also seen the Butcher and the Blade fail at what they were hired to do. So if we have Lance Archer come in and he is fierce and he is athletic and he's huge and he's foreboding and powerful... I think that that could be very much a dynamic duo, especially if it ends up wrapping into some really detailed and rich storytelling. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, I, I've said it, I want this to be a little longer of a storyline. Cody's storylines build to one big match and then you don't hear about it again. I yeah. hope that doesn't happen this time. Yeah, you know, especially with so many other players in that, if they really do dig deep into his family lineage and you've got Arn Anderson, you've got Tully Blanchard, you've got all of these people around, I think that there's a lot to play with there. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot to play with there. Um, Yeah, so. Yeah, and then so next week we don't have anything announced yet. um, um, Lance Archer's wrestling, that's it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. except Lance Archer's debut. Um, I don't know if we're really going to have a show next week. We have no idea what's going to happen. You know, as far as news develops, this is literally a day by day increase and things change 
on a daily basis. So we don't know really what's in store. Uh, we do know, however, that next week's Dynamite falls on April Fool's Day. So <laughs> that should be pretty interesting, all things considered. Um, I'm curious to see if they have anything planned for that. But I think that is it for our coverage for AEW, for AEW Dynamite, for um, AEW Dark. Now we have Keeping It Strong Styles AEW slash New Japan Fantasy Booking Challenge. Floyd, do you want to go down your card first or would you like me to take it? Uh, I, I would like you to take it first. Go go for it and then we can end with that. <laughs> All right. So I will say before I start this that I had a very difficult time doing this. I was making changes while we were recording this show. And um, the first challenge that I had was that I wanted to book Will Ospreay for like every single match. (laughs) So I'm going to go with the card that I actually booked. And this is a card not necessarily one that really fits new japan's standards or really fits like title runs or anything like that what i ended up doing to make this easier for me was i just booked a show that i wanted to see and i hope that a show that i want to see is a show that you want to see so with that out of the way the very first match that i have is osprey versus phoenix because i think that would be badass I think both of them are high flyers. That would be insane. It would be jaw-dropping and incredible, and it would just be magical. Take all I've my also- money now. <laughs> I just want to see it, like, so you, bad. You, you just got me, in, you got me in the door with that match. Osprey you, and Phoenix, yeah. let's you, freaking you, go. You sold the ticket to Floyd first There match. we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we've also got Tanahashi and Ibushi versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page because you have to have that. They have so much story between the golden lovers but also kenny omega and tanahashi so that would be a match that would be rich with frustration with years of aggression with um heart and storytelling it would be brutal and heartbreaking and amazing i also want to see okada versus Pac. i think that would be badass because Pac would be athletic he would be intimidating he would be brutal and okada would be amazing in that match i I feel like this would be an interesting match that i would love to see um this is kind of an outlier taichi (laughs) versus mjf now i know this is a heel versus heel match but taichi is such a chicken heel and mjf is such an arrogant heel that i think that this would actually just be hilarious to watch so i want to see it I've got Hiromu versus Darby Allen. I've got Zack Saber. Did, did you say Hiromu versus Darby Allen? We both had that match. Do we? Yes. <laughs> Dude, they're both crazy. Yeah. Hiromu is insane. Darby Allen is insane. This could be so much fun. Like so much fun. Um, <clears throat> this one, the next one I've got is Zack Saber Jr. versus Jake Hager. The reason for that is because I was trying to find somebody who would fit well with Zack Sabre Jr. And I think that with the mixed martial arts fighting, that this could be an interesting predicament for Jake Hager and could make for a great match. Ishii versus John Moxley, their G1 match was my favorite of the G1. I want to see it again. Naito versus Jericho. Young Bucks versus Jay White and Kenta. We've got Bullet Club and Elite Rivalry. We've got New Guys versus New Company. 
and a lot of a lot of arrogance in the ring there between them both teams <laughs> and then Jurassic Express versus Gorillas of Destiny because I think Gorillas of Destiny would be very fun to see them interact with a giant wrestling dinosaur and Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy and I want to see Jurassic Express kick their asses so that's my card <laughs> that is a great card I would be excited to throw my money at that oh I've got one more thing there which uh keeping it strong style said that since this is a fantasy booking thing that Will Ospreay is crazy enough that he would probably wrestle 10 matches in a row so after that show was over I really wanted to see Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. So I'm just going to throw that in there as the cherry on top of a perfect show. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I it, it, This is a tough act to follow. Jeremy, Josh, Amy all put together great matches, uh, great shows that I would love to go to. Uh, Jeremy and Josh, they put on perfect Wrestle Kingdom shows. I, I, I wanted to say that. They did. So they did. I was like, man, they ended strong. That's exactly. Well, I was at All In, and All In is the spirit of AEW. So I put together my show in the spirit of All In. So you might not see some stuff that you might thought you see, but let's see. Let's see. Uh, Josh took to naming his uh, uh, show and the city, so I decided to do that too. Uh, the show would take place in, of course, Schaumburg, Illinois, at the Sears, on uh, Sears Center Arena, because where else would a big AEW show happen? And it would be called All Out to the Forbidden Door. <gasps> Love it so much! That's great. Yes. So that um, I would start with the pre-show match. Uh, it's going to be uh, a six-man gauntlet, which is going to be Jurassic Express. Uh, the or Jurassic Express versus Suzuki Gun team of Minoru um, Suzuki, um, ZSJ, and uh, Taichi, the Dangerous Techers, versus Best Friends with OC, uh, Orange Cassidy versus the Mega Coaches in Yoshihashi versus LIJ of Sonata, Sonata Evil in Bushi. Then my first match to start off the card, of course. In in the spirit of in the, in the spirit of AEW, you got to start off with a hot tag team match with flying everywhere. We're gonna start off with Rapongi 3K, uh, Proud and Powerful, ELP and Ishimori, and Private Party. Just go and let them tear it up. Get everybody started into the match. In my world, there are no titles on the line. This is just a fun show. Then the next match, we got Hosses. We got big men slapping meat. We got Tomohiro Ishii versus Jimmy Havoc versus Goto versus Archer. Fatal four-way match. Go out and kill each other. That sounds <laughs> dope, dude. <laughs> yes. And because uh, Jeremy threw a women's match on his, I was like, who would I want in mind? I want Nyla, the AEW champ. Mayu Iwatani, uh, the Red Bell champion from stardom. B Priestley and Rio. Because they both, they, both of those two wrestle kind of both of them at times. So, all fatal four-way. Go out, women. Tear it up. Then we got Shingo Takagi versus uh, versus the big hurt Jake Hager. Again, I, you know, you're seeing the theme. Two big men slapping meat. Go out there and kill each other. Then, 
after we got to change it up a little bit, we're going to go to the juniors. We're going to have Darby Allen versus Hiromu Takashi. I stole that one from you, apparently. And then, <laughs> and then I have, you know, uh, we wanted a tag team exhibition. We're going to have Ibushi and Tanahashi versus the Lucha Bros. And just let them go out there and tear it up again. It's going to be, uh, then next, this is a match that both Jeremy and Josh had. And I just, I had needed to do it. We got Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. Just, battle of the epic entrance songs, dude. Yes, <laughs> yeah, battle of the epic entrance songs. So uh, I did that, and then we got the faces or the flags of both of the companies. We got the AEW champion Mox versus the New Japan champion Naito. Let's go out there and see uh, represent for uh, brand supremacy. Then we're going to end our last singles match of the night is Mr. Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada. Give the people what they want. <gasps> Hell yeah, dude. Let's I love do, this card. Let's do that number five. And you like, oh, you think Floyd, you're doing, you're doing a card and there's some names missing. Oh, no, there's nothing missing. Again, I'm all about giving people what they want. We never got a satisfying resolution to this rival. So the main event of the show will be Mr. Uh, will be uh, the elite with Cody, the American Nightmare, uh, Hangman, and the Young Bucks versus the Bullet Club of Jay White, Kenta, and G.O.D. in a blood and guts match. <laughs> and the elite wins. Of course. Because <laughs> it's the AEW show. Dude, how are you going to be all like, oh, man, this is a tough act to follow, and then be like, I'm going to book the most perfect. Perfect AEW New Japan on the AEW side card ever. Yes, I was like, you know what? Uh, the new two things I knew. I wanted the last two member, two matches to have all the members of the elite in it. Yeah. So yeah. that was the biggest thing. But it was like no, because it was like they stole like four of my matches. Like when it, like they didn't know I came up with it, but I had started doing my list, and I was like, why well, listen to the show? Okay, can't use that. You can't use that. Can't use can't use that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so by the end of the show I had no card. I think uh I think the only thing I had was uh uh Darby Allen versus Takashi. That was the match that literally I was like, I want this to be on my card. And then yeah. So yeah, they uh went ahead and got it. So yeah. That was That it. is perfect. I gotta figure out the reordering on mine because it was hard enough to find like the matches <laughs> but i love that you have the pre-show put out there too and that you thought about you know the kickoff with that hot tag match and private party is such a great way to start the show this is an excellent card and i'm already salivating at the idea of omega okada in an aew ring that would be amazing yes yeah i just think it'd be killer and the thing is you can anybody could win because i don't want any titles on the line they'd be representative oh, yeah. but no titles on the line so they can just go out there and tear it down Kenny hell omega, yeah yeah i would probably and if i was booking you know picking the winners i would probably give okada the win back over kenny omega oh yeah 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 and, and then you know the elite win the last match to break the tie for sure, man. Well, this was so fun to think about, like, what matches we would want to see. 
and what would build a great card between the two companies. And yeah. I, I know that we keep saying that we hope the Forbidden Door will be open, but honestly, with all of this, it would be amazing if we could end this coronavirus ridiculousness and all of the stress and worry and uncertainty of the world with everybody coming together to put on just a baller ass show. That would be amazing to see. And, and you know, the thing is, I don't, you know, I've come very satisfied with AEW's roster. I wasn't at the beginning. I thought we were missing some things, but with the people that have been added, I'm very satisfied with the roster. So if you want to bring the occasional Tanahashi or one or two people over, I don't, but I, at this point, I don't think we need a full on AEW versus New Japan show. No. That would be cool, but it's not really needed. Uh, and I just like, just have some people cross over to this side. I, I really do. When Carl Fredericks goes on his excursion, I don't know if you watched him a lot, but Carl Fredericks, I want mm-hmm. him in AEW. He's amazing. I want him really in good. AEW. Yep, like, I he's want him, fantastic. I want him to do his excursion in AEW, and that would be that would be kind of cool. But yeah, that's it. Uh, I think uh, we're doing pretty good on time. So I think we're uh, good, man. Yeah, yeah, I think we're good. So, uh, do you have anything else, man? No, just you know, everybody be safe. And I know we're in uncertain times right now, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We will all get through this. We will all have our happy wrestling to look forward to. We will all at some point get to plan our shows. And, you know, the first show that we get to have with AEW where fans get to fill that arena once again is going to be filled with so much excitement and joy and gratitude and love and thunderous cheers. And I hope so greatly to be a part of that. I know you and Tiffany were talking about that, but that's really what I'm looking at right now is just when we're finally done with all of this uncertainty, what are these wonderful things that we get to look forward to? And it's always wrestling. It's always wrestling that gets us through, you know, the darkness, the uncertainty, the worries, It's always wrestling. It's always there. So we will have that to look forward to, the light at the end of our tunnel. And until then, we have so much gratitude for the entertainment that they're able to provide in any capacity that they are safely now. So grateful for it. But I'm just excited to start planning a vacation again to go see these shows in person with everyone else. Yes. And I've said this before. Take care of each other. You know, if you can lend a helping hand to whoever you can, go out and lend that helping hand. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody at the wrestling shows. Uh, Keep your thoughts with me Tuesday. That's the day I was supposed to leave for WrestleMania, which I am not leaving. So I'm probably not going to be. I'm probably going to be in the closest version to me not being in a good mood, which is, you know, still probably pretty cheery for most people. So, but I, yeah, that's, that's the realness. Tuesday is going to be. All of this and all the change, but that's the real day, the day that I will not be getting on a plane to Tampa to see the other social suplex people and watch wrestling shows all weekend. So uh, just just know we are all with you. We are all our thoughts are with you. Uh, Make sure I I forgot to say this. I didn't want to put this here, but make sure that you're uh, following Keeping It Strong Style and uh, at AT Elite Pod because we will be posting a poll and we're going to vote and I want to win. So how we win is you go vote for my card or Amy's card. I don't care if it's me or Amy. Just one of us needs to win over one of them. One of us. <laughs> one of us. Okay. One of us. 
one of us. One of us. All right. Maybe they could have which one would you want in Japan and which one would you want in the U.S. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, like I said, they picked a, they booked a perfect Wrestle Kingdom they card. They did. They really I, did. And I tip my hat to them. Josh did the best of getting everybody on the card because he did a thirty minute, thirty man battle royal at the beginning of his show. So he Josh wants to murder Orange Cassidy. Uh, yes. Is what Josh wants. <laughs> yes, to <do>. Josh definitely <laughs> wants to murder Orange Cassidy, and I don't know why, but it would be a very entertaining match. It would be. <clears throat> All right. But just remember, we're with you. Tweet us. Let us know what you think about the show. But always, always do your best to be a